chapter eight of the love of landry by paul lawrence dunbar this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eight landry's feelings were severely hurt when he supposed that mildred had merely made use of him and then tossed him away like a soiled glove it did not seem like her and his grief was not so much for himself as for the ideal he had had of her which was now shattered a man may lose faith in manhood and his nature suffer a severe wrench but for him to lose faith in womanhood which means to the average man one woman upon whom he has staked all his beliefs and hopes often proves the breaking of him but hurt as he was it would not have been in landry's nature to sulk long he was too vigorous and direct and his love being stronger than his resentment he would eventually have gone to mildred and have had it out with her but it was reserved for heathcote unconsciously to hasten the event unconsciously yes not that he would not have done it knowingly had he been aware how matters stood it was the morning after his arrival that he sought out landry where he was wandering disconsolately among the horses unable to conceal his unrest i say mr landry said heathcote i'm afraid i'm bothering you awfully you know but i want to see you for a moment here i am said landry not too pleasantly and then he added somewhat to soften the speech and at your service i was thinking maybe you might help me to a mount i don't like to ask mr osborne you know as i dropped down on them rather unexpectedly and it seems mean to trouble them landry in a moment was all alert why i thought they were expecting you he said oh no neither of them knew anything about me until i turned up here i shall be glad to help you to a mount mr heathcote just come with me there was a sudden cordiality in landry's manner that quite took possession of heathcote in fact heathcote might have had all the horses on the ranch just at that moment with landry's joyous permission his troubles fell away from him as the black shadows fall from the mountains before the sun he was all life and heart again though he could not but blame himself for having doubted mildred's honesty even for a moment evidently he had offended her in some small way and he would go to her and find out what it was and make it all right his ideal was reinstated whole and without a blemish the goddess was again in her shrine and he was very happy there was a great joy in heathcote's breast too for the mount with which landry provided him filled him with unspeakable admiration it was landry's own horse so generous was that young man she was a big roan raw-boned and strong-limbed a small well-formed head was well set on her solid shoulders what a beauty what a beauty said heathcote you'll find her as good as she is beautiful said landry with pardonable vanity 
my knees are really itching to be astride of her if you have nothing to do get on and try her the next moment the englishman was in the saddle whence he beamed on landry the horse moved off at her easy gait this was too much for heathcote the pure air and the wide plain brings out the natural in a man and it was something of a reversion to primitive instincts when the delighted rider tossed his hand in the air and gave a whoop he would not have believed it possible had any one predicted it of him he felt the enthusiasm of a strong man for fine animals and dimly too something of the influence of the vast life about him he circled back to landry his face glowing and the gladness of a big unspoiled boy showing in his eyes i say he exclaimed are you really going to let me ride her aren't you depriving yourself now she's yours as long as you are here said landry and i'm glad you like her mr landry said heathcote reaching down his hand as solemnly as if it were a ceremonial if ever you come to england you shall have the finest horse in my stable thank you the two men shook hands and were friends from that moment three things draw men close to suffer to dare and to enjoy together and they found a fellow-feeling in their very gladness heathcote forgot the traditions of his people forgot to ask whence landry came whether he were cowboy stableman or what he only knew him for a good fellow they were two strong clean men face to face each drunk with the joy of living and loving what more was needed to make them friends the englishman rode away towards the ranch house and his friend looked after him he saw a fine rider and a fine man such a one as might have taken any woman's heart captive it'll be a hard fight said landry musingly but it will be a square one and if i lose i'll have the satisfaction of losing to a worthy fellow oh well and he fell a-thinking it was because of all this that mildred osborne had the misfortune to grow very angry that morning heathcote came riding toward her and she saw that he sat landry's horse resentment flashed instantly into her heart landry has no right to deprive himself maybe he thinks it will please me then she stopped saying things to herself and said good morning in response to heathcote's bow yower man landry he began pardon me mr heathcote she broke in but he is not my man landry mr landry is a gentleman and quite our equal she didn't know why she said it for she did not know anything about the antecedents of landry oh beg pardon miss mildred i might have known that americans are so eccentric you know but the fact of the matter is that i never stopped to think what landry was i only knew that he was a fine fellow i was just going to say that he loaned me his horse don't you think she is a fine animal she is and he is so attached to her that i really don't know what he'll do without her that's right and i'm a selfish beast i'll go straight oh no no you won't do anything of the kind he would feel very much hurt oh but i can't help it it's not fair to take such amount from a fellow and he was turning as he spoke please don't pleaded mildred please don't for my sake that is she stammered he would never forgive me for speaking but he shan't know that you have spoken 
he was looking at her keenly and with a question in his eyes she blushed furiously under his gaze and fingered her dress nervously as she spoke perhaps you don't know but landry mr landry is very eccentric indeed oh yes if he would only stop looking at her in that way she knew that her face was guilty and that she was fast getting angry again both with herself and with her inquisitor then if you insist i shall not take the horse back i shall go for a spin won't you come with me i shall not ride this morning she returned is it wrong for me to remind you of your promise i have not forgotten my promise but i shall not ride this morning i must bid you good morning then i cannot lose the pleasure of this horse's gait even for so fair a lady as yourself and laughing he rode away leaving her there helplessly embarrassed and with the idea knocking at her consciousness that she had made something of a fool of herself landry found her still sitting on the porch when he came up a little later while she would not own it to herself the girl had practically been waiting and wishing for him but now she was frightened at his approach may i sit down he said after greeting her to be sure she answered you know we are all generosity here we give people our horses and let them sit on their own chairs the horse was nothing but a chair here is everything i have offended you won't you tell me how and forgive me but you have not offended me landry why should you think so she felt how deceitful she was even as she said it i am so glad he said humbly but you turned your back on me yesterday it was very rude of me wasn't it but that was not on account of anything you had done i had received a letter she hesitated and it provoked me very much of course i had no right to take it out on you but then landry you don't know women very well do you i don't know anything except that i am the happiest man on earth let's go for a ride he added abruptly no i don't want to ride since you haven't your horse then let's walk it's too glorious to sit still he must have meant all he said for his face showed it i'll walk with you and she ran into the house to get her hat why was the day suddenly bright again and why were her feet so light it was because she had righted a wrong she soberly told herself that was the reason too that she came out singing i've been so miserable said landry as they strolled along the cactus dotted land i i had thoughts a very rare thing for a young man she answered laughingly but you don't know he went on gravely i wronged you greatly in my mind i knew what you thought she said but you were wrong i'm not that kind she had grown serious in an instant i might have known that you were not i was blind then but i'm wise now and because of my wisdom i know why mr heathcote has come here mr heathcote is a friend of the family mr heathcote loves you and so do i and i want to know my fate now mildred will you marry me she had known that it was coming and yet it was a great shock to her she could not look at him as she said tremulously i cannot marry you mr landry why not he asked simply do you love someone else you have no right to ask that question but i do not mind answering you no but i cannot marry you first because i do not love you why i hardly know you 
then it has meant nothing to you our companionship and it meant so much to me you speak of hardly knowing me and yet you have so filled my heart and life that i can hardly think of a time when i did not know and love you oh landry please don't she cried piteously i did so want to be friends with you her aunt's letter and her aunt's horror burned into her mind like a flame she stole a glance at his face and it was tender but sad so sad in the moment a great hatred grew up within her for her aunt and all the conventions of her set and kind even if she had loved landry society had set a barrier between them here was her aunt's cowboy with a vengeance the humour of the situation struck her and she burst out laughing the man looked at her with sorrow and indignation in his eyes but in a moment he understood for she was as quickly possessed by a passion of tears forgive me he said i've hurt you i won't say any more about it now he added firmly come let's go back she did not answer she only wept the more for she felt that all she loved all she wanted all that in life was worth having was slipping away from her grasp but she could not check it there stood king convention this was his decree she dried her eyes as they went back toward the house he walking disconsolately by her side she turned to him as they reached the porch landry she said you will always be my friend i shall always be your friend and lover he said taking her hand and then he turned away toward his own apartment mildred hurried to her room and threw herself upon the bed the blessed tears came again to relieve her and then she sat up crying softly for fear the very walls would hear landry landry you are worth some woman's love but who are you End of chapter eight